the books of First and Second Samuel were originally written as one book, um, and then they were divided up later. Um, so, just wanted to start off with saying that, just so it's clear um, that this is one continuous story that runs through these two books. Um, so, the books were written by Samuel, but in chapter 25, Samuel dies, so someone must have picked it up from there and finished it off. So. Um, we get an idea of who that might have been in um, First Chronicles, chapter 29. Uh, also verse 29, it says, Now the acts of David the king, first and last, behold, they are written in the book of Samuel the seer, and in the book of Nathan the prophet, and in the book of Gad the seer. So we get an idea that it's likely that those two people finished off writing these books. Um, and to understand what the book speaks about, I'm speaking about just First Samuel now. To understand what this book speaks about, it's good to reflect on the books that we have already studied. So, if we go back to Leviticus, we got the handbook of the priests, as we heard. And then Numbers, we got the handbook of the Levites. Deuteronomy, the handbook of the people. And in Joshua, and um, they inherited the promised land. And then in Judges is when they started moving away from the Lord. That's when we heard that they had troubles. Um, and then in the book of Ruth that we just heard, it happened at the same time as Judges. Um, but we understand that there was no king at the time, um, at the end, until David came. So the book basically is a transitional period between the priesthood and the kingdom or kingship. So... Um, what that basically means is that the people no longer spoke through the high priest, but through the king. So the king was in charge of leading his people, not the high priest. So the reason for that was because the priesthood had failed. Um, and we see that from the very get-go in um, so chapter 1 of First Samuel. So in verse 9 it says... About halfway through the verse, it says, Now Eli the priest sat upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord. And that was not something that the priests were meant to do. He was meant to be standing and ministering, and he was not doing that. And so we see here that there was a failure here. We also see um, in the second chapter, verse 12, how the sons of the high priest Eli had failed. So it says, Now the sons of Eli were sons of Belial. They knew not the Lord. And again in verse 17, it says, Wherefore the sin of the young men, so the sins of the sons, uh, was very great before the Lord, for men abhorred the offering of the Lord. So because of their sin, they caused grief to the people of the Lord, and they hated the sacrifices. Um, again, if we move to chapter 4, we see how the Israelites, they decide of their own, not seeking the Lord, they decide of their own to go out to battle with the Philistines. And when they start uh, losing, they bring out the Ark of the Covenant as if it's a good luck charm or a genie in the bottle that's going to automatically make them win the battle, even though they never asked the Lord if this is what they should be doing in the first place. And so in the very start of this book, we get an idea how the priesthood had failed. Um, the high priest, Eli, never tried to stop the people from taking the ark, and so the ark is lost. Um, the Philistines take it back into their camp. 
Um, and if we fast forward a bit um, to the point where the people reject God as their king and they ask that um, a king be made ruler over them. Um, and so God listens to them. He gives them a king um, according to their criteria, um, one that will satisfy their um, ideal for a king. So he gives them Saul, um, and he also tells them uh, through Samuel what Saul is expected to do as a king. So we'll just read that verse um, in chapter 12. Read from verses 13 to 15. It says, Now therefore, behold, the king whom you have chosen and whom you have desired, and behold, the Lord has set a king over you. If you will fear the Lord and serve him and obey his voice and not rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then shall both ye and also the king that reigns over you continue following the Lord your God. But if you will not obey the voice of the Lord and but rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then shall the hand of the Lord be against you as it was against your fathers. So Saul had, been, had gotten the instruction that he was to rule over the people in a way that will allow them to continue obeying God. So the king still answers to God. Um, and that's what was expected of him. And Saul starts off well, but eventually he fails. Um, and God rejects Saul and he looks for a man after his own heart and appoints David as king. Um, and David was anointed as king in First Samuel, but he only uh, he only became king in Second Samuel. So I won't speak about that part just yet. So if we wanted to look at this theme of priesthood and kingship and divide the book in a way that shows us this, we can take from chapters one to seven, and we can see in that is the failure of the priests. Um, from Chapters 8 to 12, we can see the people's choice, the people's king. Um, Chapters 13 to 15, we can see the failure of the king. Uh, 16 to 18 is the Lord's choice. Um, And finally, from 19 to the end of the book is a victorious but rejected king. The book also provides us a really good opportunity to do some character study. And there are three main characters in this book. We have Samuel, Saul, and David. I'm going to briefly touch on all of them. So we can divide the book again based on who the main focus of um, those chapters are. So in chapters 1 to 8, we see Samuel. Chapters 9 to 15 is Saul, and 16 to the end is David. And so um, if we wanted to summarize Samuel's life, we can look at two verses. Um, Chapter 3, verse 19. Um, which says, And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and did not let none of his words fall to the ground. Um, Also chapter 12, verse 23. And this is Samuel speaking, and he says, Moreover, as for me, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. So these two verses shows us what Samuel's life was all about. He was obedient to God. He did not let any of his words fall. And he was... Um, speaking on behalf of the people and serving the people in this way. Now, for um, speaking about Saul and David, I want to go back to um, Hannah's prayer. After she had um, had Samuel, her son, she prays in um, chapter 2. I won't read it, but I just want to point out three things that we can see in this prayer. 
Firstly, that um, she says that despite the evil of man, um, God is still in control. And we can see that um, in the book in how the people rejected God as their king. And yet, um, as we heard, God turned that around. And from King David comes the Lord Jesus, as we have heard. And so that, that is the second point that she also mentions is that God will raise up a king, um, a king who will be anointed, um, who will um, defeat the enemies of God, um, which uh, echoes Psalm 2. And finally, the, the last thing that she, that, I, that she mentioned that I want to point out is that God will exalt the humble and bring low the proud. Um, and this summarizes Saul and David's lives. So I want to um, just compare the two. Firstly, I want to look at Saul in chapter 15, in verse 30. So this is one of Saul's many failures. Um, so in verse 30 he says, I have sinned, yet honor me now, I pray thee, before, before the elders of my people and before Israel, and turn again with me that I may worship the Lord thy God. You see here where Saul's focus was. He admits that he was wrong, but not because he feels bad about it, but just because he wants to be honored. He says, I have sinned, yet honor me now before the people. Um, his focus was always on himself. Um, and if we compare that to David in chapter 24 and verse 6, here we see David's heart um, when he had the opportunity to kill Saul, when Saul was um, persecuting him. He said, uh, it says in verse 6, And he said unto his men, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing unto my master, the Lord's anointed, to stretch forth mine hand against him, seeing he is the anointed of the Lord. His heart was always to God um, and what matters to him. Um, again, I want to go to um, chapter 11 and verse 7. And this is back to Saul now, to focus on him so uh, halfway through the verse it says whosoever cometh not forth after Saul and after Samuel um, again the focus of Saul he was focusing on himself the battles that he was fighting was for him um, and in, in another time he says that he wants to be um, he wants to have revenge on his enemies so again his focus in battles was always about himself um, and I want to um, compare this to David's great victory. Um, so when he fought Goliath in chapter 17 and verse 47, David is speaking to Goliath and he says, And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. One other thing that I want to compare between the two is their obedience. So... Um, if we go back to chapter 15 and verse 19, Samuel is speaking of Saul and he says to him, Wherefore then didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but didst fly upon the spoil and did evil in the sight of the Lord? And again in verse 22, Samuel speaks to Saul and tells him, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. And for David, we, we can look at Psalm 119, one of the psalms that he wrote, um, and we see how important it was to him that he obeys God. 
um, in verse 33 of Psalm 119. It says, Teach me, O Lord, the way of thy statutes, and I shall keep it unto the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep thy law. Yea, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Um, yeah, so just a great contrast between the two people um, in, in where their heart was, what they um, were focused on. And finally, we see um, that Saul, in a moment of anger, he kills or he instructs someone to kill 85 priests of the Lord. While on the other hand, David, Abigail speaks of him and says, my Lord fights the battle of Jehovah. Um, so just a great contrast between the people's choice and the man after God's own heart. Um, and I want to just speak about David as a picture of the Lord Jesus. So David was a shepherd um, and the Lord Jesus is the good shepherd. David was anointed king and um, he had a victory over Goliath um, in that time. Um, and same as the Lord Jesus. So Goliath speaks of us, uh, speaks to us of death. Um, and David cut off Goliath's head with his own sword. Um, and the same way we see that the Lord Jesus defeated death by tasting death. And finally, after this victory, we see that both David and the Lord Jesus are rejected. Um, and we see that David was on the run and Saul tried to kill him many times. Um, and in the same way that we see today that the Lord Jesus is rejected in this world. And I just wanted to speak about one practical thing that I think will help us. So in uh, this time of rejection, um, if we go to chapter 22 um, and just read verses 1 to 2. So this was when David was on the run. It says, David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave of Adullam. And when his brethren and all his father's house heard it, they went down thither to him. And everyone that was in distress and everyone that was in debt and everyone that was discontented gathered themselves unto him and he became a captain over them. Um, here we see people who joined David in this period of rejection. Um, and then we hear of them in Second Samuel in uh, chapter 23. David gives an account of men he wants to honor, and of them he mentions those who um, were with him in the cave of Adullam. So this is a really nice picture of how if we join ourselves with um, the Lord Jesus now in his time of rejection, if we make him captain over us, as those men did, um, we will have our names written down in a book as well, and that is the book of life. Um, and as David praised his men, so we will be praised when the Lord Jesus tells us, well done, my good and faithful servant. So that is just a brief outline of the book. Um, I hope it has whet your appetite to read it through.